welcome to The Upshot, a podcast for dads who try. For dads who are thinking about their legacy and don't want to miss out on all that fatherhood has to offer. I'm Kyle. I'll be joined by my good friend Shane, and we're excited to jump into today's conversation. Hi. How are you, Kyle? Great. It's good to see you this morning. Thank you. How have you been? It's been good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't go into all of the the boring stuff of a unemployed guy right now, but, um, <laughs> Inspires I'm still calling listeners. it, fun, I'm still calling it fun employment. So mm. does your wife call we'll it fun see. employment? I don't know. <laughs> Pretty sure that I'm not going to speak for her really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, things are great. Good. Things are good. Girls are good. Um, life is, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. It's great, man. This is a highlight of my month here, right here, though, and I'm excited about our topic today. <laughs> to a, talk to you about. It's a, it's a pretty sad month you live. <laughs> no, no, man. Like, I'm, I enjoy these things. So we're going to talk about rites of passage today, and I know that you have some insight into that and some some uh, energy and passion behind it. And um, I'm excited to to hear about it a little bit more. And we have a guest today. We do have a guest today. Um, a lot of people confuse the two of us. <laughs> a lot I can of people see think that. we're twins. Yeah, I like the movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Brothers from the same mother. Actually, this is my friend Adam, Adam Ulatoski. How are you? I'm great. How are you, man? I'm good. I was trying to think when Kyle said I had to in- introduce you, um, wh- when and where did we meet? Hmm. I know you got to think real hard at seven in the morning. You should know this too. No, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> this is why I asked you. Uh, that's a great question. I think we met actually through James. Um, Oh, yeah, because you were in James's I was in James's group. LDG group. Yeah. And then he introduced me to the RMDK group. And yeah. And I think, I think that's at least where I f- we've probably had met briefly or something at church before then, but I think that's when we actually got to know each other. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. One thing I, I really like about Adam, uh, just sitting across from him, and we've, we've, we've gone out for coffee quite a bit. We've ridden in a canoe together. We've, uh, we've done a lot of things together um, in the short little bit of time we've spent together. Um, but Adam just seems to be this guy that is um, in trying to figure out what it looks like to intentionally follow Jesus. And um, yeah. he's in been inviting other men into that process. And he's either um, not afraid to say yes to uncomfortable things or he doesn't know how to say no yet. <laughs> I'm not sure which one it is. Probably a little both. A little both, yeah. yeah. Um, but I usually I say yes and then I think, <laughs> yeah, <I do. laughs> that's how I live too. That'll be fun. No. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I think as Adam's been on this journey of discovering what it looks like to follow Jesus, I think he's had a an impact on my own journey as I hmm. try to figure out how to follow Jesus. You know, you you are who you surround yourself with, and uh, when I grow up, I want to be like Adam. <laughs> Maybe not physically. Surround myself with people like you. Is that, is that what you're saying? That's right. That's right. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Adam, you want to tell us a little bit about your family? Or yeah. So I've got a, uh, I've got two boys, Evan and Daniel, seven and nine, nice. about 18 months apart. Um, met my wife in college. Um, I like to say that I was a freshman and she was a senior, but in reality, uh, I was a redshirt freshman football player, but I was a junior academically. So yeah, mm-hmm. not that far apart. Yeah. Um, and we got married right when I was out of college. She had been out for about a year or so. Yeah. Um, 
and it's been 2010, so about 13 years. Nice. A little over 13 years. Nice. What's a fun Adam fact? <coughs> Ooh. I don't know. You're supposed to do these. Things. Maybe Shane, you should tell us. I was not in the back. show doc. Um. <laughs> well, Adam, you were uh, you were a starting offensive lineman for the University of Texas, right? Back in the days when they knew how to play football. Yeah, we were pretty good. Um, I was there from 05 to 09. So 05 was my redshirt year when we went to and won the national championship against uh, USC. And my senior year was when uh, we played Alabama in the national championship and Colt got hurt, and mm. everybody knows that story, so we'll, yeah. we'll, we won't revisit that. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, like, a national championship ring? I do. They actually give you two. Why? Um, well, because the bowl game gives you one, mm. and then we were also Big 12 champions, so you got one from there, but they kind of turned that into a national championship ring. Too. What, do you, what so do you do with these rings? Uh, you hide them in a safe and never wear them. Never do anything with them? No. no. You should have worn them today. <laughs> you should have let me wear them today. <laughs> I, uh, you could do curls. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> pretty. Um, I'm not that uh, showy, I guess. I don't know. It, 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 they're they're massive and ridiculous. Yeah. So, which is why you should have worn them right. today. And then you knew. Someday, what, and then you'd know what to do with your hands during the podcast. You could just hold them up like this the whole yeah. time. One of these days, he's, he's going to bring them out of the vault, and everyone's going to be like, "What yeah. is Adam wearing?" Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. They're not it's like an Apple watch on your finger. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, Adam. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's the, the timeliness of having you on here is, is pretty cool because you guys just got back from a canoe trip yep. we did. over the weekend. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. But before, you know, we should circle back around and do our dad moments. So if you have a dad moment, Shane, from the last month or whatever, share a story with us. Well, since Adam's visiting today, what is what do we, what are dad moments like? Why why are we doing this? Um, dad moment, simple way for us to share a little bit about what's going on in our lives. Um, uh, could be funny, can be um, just insight into what does it look like um, at, for us as fathers. Yeah. Um, usually, it's a way to poke fun at ourselves a little bit, but lessons learned, um, fun stories to share about um, things we're learning with our kids um, can be recent um, and or applicable to to what we're going to talk about today or, or just random and fun. Yeah. Either way. I've got two small dad moments. Okay. One I should probably give my wife full credit for. It's probably a mom moment. So um, uh, I came home uh, a week ago from work, and uh, the yard was mowed. And as you guys know, I have a little bit of property, so it takes a little while to mow our, pr our property. Yeah. Well, guess who mowed the yard? Elena. I know Lander. Nice. And Lander is nine years old. Like this lawnmower is probably four times as big as he is. Push mower. Push mower. Riding mower. Push mower. But wow. here's this little guy. That's a big property to yes, push mower. Yes, he, he mowed probably a whole acre all by himself. Wow. So here's this little guy, arms in the air, just like me when I'm behind the mower, <laughs> <laughs> pushing this mower. So uh, it was fun. What did he say afterwards? Like, I, I, how did you, what was the read on him? It's funny when, when you give your boys permission to do something that they don't think they're big enough to do yet, it's like the greatest moment in the world. Yeah. Now give him three mows and he's going to... He's going to be like <laughs> over gonna, it. It's going to lose its appeal. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, he was thrilled that, that we thought he was mature enough, responsible big enough, enough to handle mowing the property. The scary moment was he almost, he almost mowed right over a coral snake. Mm. <laughs> he came running into the house. Mom! I almost ran over a coral snake. So 
That was yep. one of my. Did y'all find the coral snake? No, we didn't. But we find them all over our property, mm. which is great. We have lots of kids and animals. Mm. Um, the other dad moment. Um, one thing that is important cool. to me and my wife is we wanted to develop in our children a a passion for reading, um, mm. and we think it takes more than just sticking books in front of their faces and saying, read these. So we, when they're young, we, we read books with them together yeah. um, quite frequently. Um, there are seasons when this gets it's trickier than others. And um, so I just started the last battle with Kaylee and Lander. So we're, we're, we've been going through the Chronicles of Narnia, mm. and this is the last book. So there is that moment that me, Kaylee, and Lander were sitting on the couch, and we opened it together knowing that we spent lots of nights reading mm. these books. And some of them are... They love them. The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe is a great book to read to your kids. Some of them, they lose their interest, <laughs> interest yeah. kind of halfway through it. And, you know, I have to like, hey, come sit down. We're going we're gonna to do this together. We do hard things. What we've learned sure. from the, the Watson family. Um, and it's just, it was just a moment to recognize like we're almost through this. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah, they were really excited about the first three books because the first three books come with a movie. After you mm. read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, we get to watch the movie together. Yeah. So in the book that we're going to read together once we're done with The Last Bottles, we jump into The Hobbit. And so mm. Lander is really excited about The Hobbit. Good luck. I tried reading The Hobbit and gave up I think what? Read a couple pages in, in as an Hobbit adult. The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Couldn't do it. Well, it's a book written f to children. Uh, well, I just don't believe so. It was boring. The Hobbit. Lord of the Rings is very descriptive. and I'm talking about The Hobbit. The I Hobbit couldn't get, is couldn't part of Lord of the Rings, right? Well, it's like the it's prequel. It's like set up, right? Yeah. It's the prequel? Yeah, it's part of it? the story. It's a different storyline altogether. I mean, sure, it comes before Lord of the Rings, and it, it is written differently than the rest of the books. It's easier to digest. It's not as descriptive. Obviously, I read the Spark Notes when I had to do that <laughs> yep. in high school. What did so you call them? Spark Notes. It was Cliff Notes, but... We had the internet when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so internet version. I love how you like make eye contact with yes. me when you say that. Thank yeah. you, Adam. You're welcome. So glad you're here. Who invited you? Is that me? Or? I don't know. Right. I just showed up. Yeah. That's my twin. Yeah. That's funny. You talked about Lander mowing the yard. We have a similar thing going on. It's not nearly to that effect, but Lucy, the two-year-old, um, one of the highlights of my morning is like, hey, Lucy, will you feed, feed the dog? And she loves to run over there and grab. It's just a scoop into the dog bowl push it out in front of frank and and then she gets a little tiny halloween candy yeah it, so, <laughs> so is, is she inspired by the candy um the candy's a recent thing okay. uh, it's really more to promote like um it's more for maggie <laughs> <laughs> like hey if you do something kind you can have because she wants this halloween jess okay jess loves halloween we've our, our house has been decorated for halloween for six weeks already no oh i'm not kidding like september like labor day so maybe not six weeks, but Labor Day, like we're decorating for Halloween. I'm like, okay, That's crazy. So um, I got like um, spider webs all over me. It, like it's on the door, <laughs> but yeah. it, it gets messy. And it, every time I walk in and out of the house, I'm like spider web all over me. Um, anyway, so she puts out these uh, candy corns on the kitchen island. Yeah, in the middle of the kids. So it <laughs> could be a free for all. Yeah, but she's got some rules around it, and it's like they have to ask or do something kind. They can have a, a candy corn. Um, and so mostly that's for Maggie, but when Maggie does something, then Lucy's like, I, I want to do it. So the easiest thing for her is like, hey, go fun. feed the dog. Yeah. And, um, so it's fun. Um, but speaking of Lucy, it's not really a dad moment. I think this is more of like an initiation for me as a father. Um, our kids have been sick plenty <laughs> over the years. Um, but last night, 
or, well, Lucy's had like a cold for the last week and I'm keeping an eye on her and I'm worried. I'm like, is she going to get ear infection? No fever, but she's just not herself. And mm-hmm. her nose is just constantly running. And she's, you know, we caught her on top of her changing table yesterday. Like, and she's just trying to get wipes to like blow her nose mm-hmm. by herself in the, but everything's destroyed. Cause she's, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, so last night she starts crying about 10 30 crying again at two. I wake up, she's in the bed with us cause Jess is trying to sleep. And, yeah. And then about four o'clock this morning, there's, I wake up and there's puking happening, you know, in in the the bed, bed? in the bed with us. And so it was like, okay, this is fun. So we've been up since four today, like, um, having fun, watching Paw Patrol this morning, this morning, today. Oh yeah. This is my third cup of coffee. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that because I saw you like, I think you liked one of my Facebook posts and it was like 4 a.m. And I'm like, what is going on in the Watson home at 4 a.m. that he's scrolling through social media? Yeah, I tried not to. Like, um, it was just like a, I have to get rid of my notifications really quick. So if there's like the red dot on Facebook, then I I just open it, check it. Oh, you're one of those Close it. But something you posted, I don't remember. It was was our canoe trip. It was the canoe trip. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, and then I had to like, okay, I'm going to put this away. I need to go do something more productive with my mind right now. But At um, four in the morning. Yeah. So I don't know if that counts as a dad moment, but that's that's my real life today. That's, it's not a moment. It's just reality. It's just reality. Puke yeah. in the bed. I don't know. what I'm still Gosh, learning lessons terrible. from that. But Terrible. What about our guest, Adam? Uh, do you got a dad moment? Anything come to mind? Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know if it qualifies as a dad moment, but I was just thinking about... Um, when Evan was younger, uh, he, I think most people have this, where the kids just constantly get out of bed when it's time to go to bed and find new excuses and all that. So Never. I don't know. Yeah. that. And so, you know, he kept on getting out of bed. I need water. I'm hungry. I need a hug. I need all this thing. And so <laughs> I walk him back to his room. I was like, if your feet hit the ground one more time before it's morning, unless you're going to the bathroom, there's going to be consequences. You need to stay in your bed. Um, and so then I walk back and then like a minute later he's yelling, he's like, dad, dad. And I walk on there and he's got his feet. He's like <laughs> this top half of his body is on the bed and the other half oh, is just waving right above the <laughs> ground going, dad, I'm thirsty. And I'm like, All right. So choose your words more carefully. That's, right. That's what I learned. So, yeah. And your kid got your mother's. Intelligence. <laughs> figured it out. He's very black and white, and and that should have been a sign to things to come. Black yeah. and white. I am following the rules. What my dad told like, me. Yes, yes, you are. Kids are very resourceful. Yeah, they are. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was imagining him like throwing a pillow or something onto the floor. Yeah, <laughs> like I was imagining like climbing floor is lava. Yeah, floor is lava. <laughs> yeah. Who came up with that idea? Floor is lava. <laughs> Probably a father trying to keep his kid in bed is where that came from. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot, Adam. Yeah. All right, well. Um, well, such inspiring moments <laughs> yeah, this month. That's cool. Um, so we've alluded to, you guys went on the canoe trip. Yeah. This weekend. Um, I want, you know, you told me about this, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, you guys were working on this trip. And I, I was so curious to learn more about not just the trip. So I want to hear about how the trip went why you went on the trip, but like really the purpose behind, there's a group of guys who you do these things with, mm-hmm. uh, both of you, mm-hmm. and would love to hear. Um, so we'll just want to hear more about and unpack 
the okay. purpose of that group. Um, and, you know, I think it's related to rites of passage, but I want to hear more. And so let's just jump in with, like, you went on a canoe trip. How did it go? Why did you go? Adam, how, jump did, our, into how it? did our canoe trip go? Uh, we made it. We did make it. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. We had some adventures. I gave Shane some new experiences that he had never had before. We did. Because um, okay. I'm a giver. Uh, yes, yes. Not so, the you know, kind it, of giving I was hoping for. Well, so Shane, if you can't tell if you're watching this, is Twins. a little bit smaller than I am. Um, and so we started off, we were in the same canoe, and we had my pack in front of me and his pack in front of him. And um, if, if a canoe could do a wheelie, yeah. that's kind of what it was like. <laughs> my paddle couldn't uh, quite reach the water. Yeah. Every time you I couldn't see the water over the... <laughs> that's right. So okay. we, we would be going, and it would start to get shallow, and Shane would be like, I think we're good. It's <laughs> <laughs> the very back yeah, of the he, he would make it. He's and good. Then, yeah, he's fine. Um, and so then we, we, uh, we adjusted. We adjusted the weight, and eventually we figured that out. Uh, Until we while. got to the tree? Well, then there was this time. Why you tell? <laughs> no, no, I would much prefer to okay. hear it from you. All right, so you know, here's my perspective, <coughs> where he's like, "All right, we need to go right and bank left hard, and then bank right hard again." And so we're going, and we do that, and then we bank, we we bank right, we bank left, and then there's a tree in front of us, <laughs> and Shane is like, "All right." Bank right. I'm like, I'm banking. And he's sitting there, like, not doing anything. Uh, I, because he's like, I can't. Because if he does it, then we just speed up. And so I'm trying to turn. And you're like, well, here's a tree. Turn right. I can't. I'm trying. And then we end up hitting he the, did tree. the tree. And then it was just this slow Shameful, motion. embarrassing. It's like, so we hit the tree. Some water gets in, some more water gets in, some more it's, water it gets like in. It is like the role and of then, patheticness. And just then it was just like, it was, we're going. We're gone. It's like, we didn't even fall in. It was more of just like a, we got out sideways. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah. All of our stuff's in the canoe. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it's the Brazos, right? So it's pretty shallow. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad. River. It was up to Adam's ankle. It was, I was yeah. up to my neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, There's no piranhas in this water. No, no yeah. alligators. Maybe some gar. It's not that part of the Brazos. Any gar? No. Not there were hardly any fish Leeches. in this section. I don't know. The water's flowing pretty well. Checked myself, but I don't think so. No, I mean, the only thing we really discovered or experienced was shame. <laughs> it was a good shame. Bit of shame. Good bit of shame. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, what's funny is it's flowing. Our pride flew down yes, the river. It did. But, um, yeah, our pride was mm. gone 100%. And the water was flowing quite a bit here. So when the canoe slowly tips over, Adam and I are grabbing all of our stuff, throwing on our packs, watching water bottles flow so down you the had river. So you had wet gear? Yeah, we had, we had bagged everything. We, we okay. packed well. Yeah. yeah, so you prepared we, we did. Yeah. for this moment, for this very this, moment, this, this moment. Yes. And right. then when have you ever experienced when you've got a, a canoe full of water? What do you do? Because it weighs like 3000 pounds. No, I have not. And so there's a technique that you Adam and I took a little while to figure out. Well, we knew what to do. It was the actual doing it. That was the hard part. Because yeah, yeah. our hands are all filled with yeah, stuff. I'm trying to I'm have, you know, all this. And then I'm trying to lift this up with one hand, which yeah. doesn't work well. Um, and I'm just thinking we got to get this canoe out of the water as fast as we can before any of our teammates <laughs> come around the corner and see our moment of shame. Which we did not. 
course. Uh, they yeah, all got a good look all, at it. Yeah. So, yeah. But, we, but what we ended up Oh, for sure. Instead of coming towards us to help, they all pull out their cameras. Right. These are good Actually, there's time for that later. You guys are safe. There was somebody not in our group who was there. He started coming towards us. I thought he was coming to help. He was like, he's coming to help. And he just... Slowly went by, like <laughs> stared at it. right <laughs> by, <laughs> like you guys are stupid. How you doing? Yeah. Better than us, I bet. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the help. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but we finally got the canoe out. We did. Yeah, it actually, you know, once we put the stuff down, it wasn't too bad. But yeah. Uh, so if you're ever on a canoe trip, don't try to lift the canoe and hold on to your gear at the same time. Just it, choose one or the other. And well, don't try to lift the canoe out of the water with water in it. But how do you get water out of the canoe if the canoe's in the water? Is it a slow tip? Nope. No. Here, we're going to we're gonna educate our listeners. So you, you keep the canoe fully upside down in the water, and you lift it straight up. Okay. And so all the water just the comes out. Yeah, break the vacuum. Let all the water, and then you flip it. Be- but if you try to lift it at all with any water in it, you're not going to get that canoe out of the yeah. water. Yeah. It's good. I'm going canoeing this weekend, so... Yeah, Hopefully it doesn't happen. But aren't you building your own canoe? <laughs> <laughs> well, there may be some of that. Yeah. yeah. You and your adventure race. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but we had, All after that, I think we got better. Yeah, we did. We did. We Lesson learned. learned. We did. Yeah. We became professional So why, why were y'all canoeing? Um, we're, we're part of this, this group of fathers and sons. Um, I don't know what we would call this group, Raising a Modern Day Night group. I mean, it's based off that book. Yeah, so. there's this book that Robert Lewis wrote called Raising a Modern Day Night. And the whole premise behind this book was um, this idea that boys today <coughs> may not have a clear definition of what it looks to be a man. Yeah. N- nor do they know when do they actually make this transition into manhood. Yeah. And I mean, if we were to just a- ask the question, what is it that makes a boy a man? Is it? When he gets his driver's license, when he's old enough to drink, old enough to vote, gets mm-hmm. his first job, gets married, leaves college. Like, what is the indicator that tells a boy you have transitioned into manhood? And so this, this book, Raising a Modern Day Knight, uses this example of a, <coughs> a boy on his journey to knighthood. Yeah. Kind of knew where he was on his journey because he had other men, knights around him that was part of his training process. And he went through certain rites of passage from page or from squire to page to knight errant to knight, and he knew where he was on this journey to becoming a knight. And so we've developed or put together this, this group of men and boys to help these boys have a clear understanding of what it looks like to be a man. Yeah. We want to not only teach them, but we want to show them. Mm-hmm. We also use this group as a, a place to show these boys that we are for them, support them. And then one thing we do in this group is we go on these trips or what we call rites of passage mm-hmm. when boys are transitioning between stages. So this, this canoe trip was for <coughs> a group of boys that were, you could kind of say going through puberty, like they're, they're mm-hmm. 13. 13, 12. Ish. I think their ranges was 12 to almost 14. Yeah. yeah. And so we know that this is like a transition stage yeah. and we want to recognize with these boys that they're going through this stage. And so we have these rites of passage where we <coughs> give them something memorable, whether it's a tipped canoe or like we want them to do hard things on these trips. Yep. We usually have a theme. The theme for this trip was what does it look like to accept responsibility? Cause part of our definition of manhood is this idea or this principle of, hey, men accept responsibility. Well, what does that look like? So on this canoe trip, we would take moments where dad would share a story um, and do an activity that was around this theme of of accepting responsibility as as boys moving into manhood. 
Yeah. It's really quick. You you add no, I mean, the only thing I, I would add is it's um, <laughs> my, the way that I ultimately ended up coming into this group was um, I kind of came back to faith a little bit later in life. Um, and I wanted to raise my kids in a biblical manner. I had no idea what to do. Yeah. Uh, it was like, I, and so um, ultimately I was in this group with James. James was talking about this. I started asking questions and all that. And then that's kind of how I ended up in that group. But I think a lot of it is um, making sure that that is front and center of everything that we're doing as well. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of what we have uh, come up with as a biblical definition of manhood, because I think that's probably very different than um, if you asked 10 guys popular, off the street popular yeah, culture what what that would be i would imagine it's very different and so um, you know it's accept responsibility reject passivity um lead courageously and expect god's greater reward and so mm -hmm. those are kind of like the four pillars pillars yeah. characteristics of manhood yeah so um you know, because ultimately everybody's going to be a little bit different some some guys might not get married and so it can't be when you get married right I right mean that so it's um I think that that's just an uh, important part of it as well. Yeah, yeah and our, our boys are going to grow up discovering a definition of manhood, and we have the opportunity to influence that definition. Because if we don't, they're gonna—I mean—they'll—they'll they'll put one together on their own. Yeah. Totally. And we've talked about this a little bit yeah. on the show, like um, you know, other episodes of like even his father. Like, what is the point? Like, what are we trying to accomplish here? Four men. What is the you know we we all see all of the um, the memes and the the viral gifs of you know oh, and you have all the guy. pop culture of like uh, yeah well a little bit um, I don't archive my own or anything but yeah I can appreciate it uh, but e even like um, I'm thinking of like uh, shows like King of the Hill you know you yeah. just have the guys in the Yep. To be a man is to drink beer with your buddies in the alley and avoid, almost avoid all the other responsibilities, yeah. you yeah. know, and to and to allow to like check as little boxes as possible so that you can just like try to enjoy as much of life as possible. So I love hearing your definition of from the group. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Um, not not only like it's cool to hear that that's what you're trying to lead your your sons in. Like, that's incredible. Uh, but I think it's, like, that's inspiring and should be encouraging to just the men who are listening to the show. Um, like, th that's that's something we don't need to forget <laughs> even yeah. at this yeah. stage of life. Yeah. Um, so I think it speaks to a lot of men right now as they're just wondering, like, yeah, what am I doing? Um, and the only other thing I would say is, I mean, to that point, it's hard to do that on your own. Um, mm -hmm. And when you have other dads there supporting you and maybe filling in some gaps that you have and, and um, you know, it, it's really hard to remember everything that you need to talk about. And so when there's somebody else mm -hmm. who can bring in a different perspective, I mean, if you've ever tried to coach your own kid playing a sport, um, they don't listen to you nearly as well as they listen to somebody else yeah. who's coaching them, you know. So there's sometimes that aspect of it. I mean, it, it takes a community. And I think that when you have that community with the same intentions working together there to support you, not to supplant you or anything yeah. like that. But, you know, I think there's a big aspect of that as well. Yeah. And, and it's, 
it's powerful because one of the things that I appreciate about these trips is, you know, Adam's been in this group for a, a couple three, of years now. Two and a half, three years. Now, now Adam has younger boys who have not gone through one of these stages. Mm-hmm. So Adam is there without his sons communicating not only to these these other dads, but these 13-year-old boys that this is important enough for me mm-hmm. to not only stand with your father, but to stand with you. And, and one thing we want these boys to know is that they're surrounded by a group of men that are for their journey into manhood. And you can't just trust your father, but you can trust these other men right. when this journey gets difficult. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have two boys that, that I would consider adults. They may not look like adults physically, but they're you, you know, know they're they're twenty one and nineteen, um, <clears throat> but they they went through this group mm-hmm. and th- looking back, um, one of these other dads took one of my boys through a discipleship program. Um, these boys have men that I know they've had conversations with when they've gone through challenges in their life that either they weren't comfortable talking to me about or they just needed somebody else's opinion. And the great thing is I knew that these were men that I could trust my boys with. And you just don't, I I can't bestow trust in my son towards another man. I can't say, hey, Caleb, meet my friend Adam. You can trust him. Go have a tough conversation with him. Mm-hmm. The one thing he needs to do with Adam is he needs to spend a lot of time with Build Adam. Build his own trust with him. Yeah, he him. needs mm-hmm. to do shoulder-to-shoulder activities with Adam. Yeah. He needs to spend some time in a canoe with Adam where they have conversations, sitting around a fire, yeah. doing things where he can start to see the kind of man that Adam is and he can build a case that says Adam is trustworthy. Yeah. You can go to Adam. And that's one of the most powerful things about this group because on this canoe trip, Technically, we only had four boys, Mm -hmm. but we had seven dads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just recognizing that these seven dads are there for these four boys, that's significant. And this is a significant transition that these boys are going on as they move into their their teenage years. That's awesome. And so just having Adam walk this journey with my boys and these other dads, it's it's powerful. And I know it's 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 you know giving a message to my boys that this manhood thing is important. Hmm. And we're here to help you figure it out. It's good. Yeah. It's, really it's fun. Good. Like when, at, when, when new dads join with their new boys, <coughs> we have like, a, we, d- we go through like this initiation. initiation process, which I think is powerful. Like it's really like these boys are like, I get to be a part of something significant. Yeah. And they, they, there's, there's like, I'm one of the boys. And yeah. we have this, this, I don't know how you describe it. You want to give it a try? I'll give it a try. So, um, so we, we, you, my experience, because I don't know how exactly y'all did it for everybody, but we were out camping at a campsite, and so we we had our you know our campsite, and the fire was going, and then we brought them. I don't know, fifty yards away. Yeah, maybe, it depends on how like old that. the kid yeah. is. Um, and we we had them close their eyes, and then we had the rest of the the group surrounding them, like kind of talking at them and, and being these you know distractions and voices and. Um, they had to close their eyes and the dad would have to use their voice to lead them Mm. over to the fire. And it was like, you know, the whole point is, you know, there's going to be a lot of distractions. There's going to be a lot of things out there. Listen to your dad's voice. He Mm. will lead you to where you need to go. Um, And so, you know, you do that and then we get to the fire and then, you know, they're usually, I mean, mine were six and seven ish Mm. range. And so like, you know, they're, light enough or we, we you know bring them over the yeah, fire two dads will carry two dads will carry the them fire. over the fire and that was their kind of you know initiation did they know it. they're going over the fire 
I don't know if your boys did. Or they're still blindfolded at the oh, 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 yeah, yeah. That, at that point. That point, that point they, they're fine. Yeah, they, they take that off once they get to the fire. Yeah. Um, and then, so yes, they know they're going out of the fire when we do that. Yeah. I don't know if they knew ahead of time. Before yeah. time, yeah. yeah. And then they, just this moment where the other boys are like yeah, and then they officially all celebrate welcoming with them. them yeah. in. Like, yeah. you're part of our, our yeah. group. You're part of yeah. this clan or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And when we, for older boys, we blindfold them. We disorient them a little bit. We spin them around a few yeah. times. Yeah. And the other boys, like Adam was saying, are the voices that are trying to distract them. Adam will be calling his sons towards him. And then the other dads are trying to like whisper or or say hey listen for your dad's voice right it's remind him yeah and, and the, there's a message behind this right like there are a lot of distractions and your dad's is the voice that we want you to listen to but you've got a group of men that are also helping point you in the right direction yeah. it's a, i think it's a powerful little yeah. moment yeah it was cool they were uh, they were excited of course yeah. they made it a competition who would get there first oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah boys. so okay this is there's a lot here that i'm curious about but sure. um you mentioned already you have two two sons mm-hmm. already been through this. You would call them adults now. Um, have they reflected with you openly about like what has this experience had on them? Have yeah. they have they talked about the value of it or memories around it or you know is um, yeah what's what's their what are their feelings about it as they look backwards? If you had to, yeah, I mean, summarize I that. when I think about Caleb. I know the the times that Caleb got to spend with that other dad who led who led him dad who led him through this discipleship journey was very meaningful to him because Caleb was at a stage where he's like, hey, I've seen what my church has to offer, Dad, I've heard your messages, but I I kind of want to explore a little bit more, hmm. and he's like, I trust this other dad, and so I allowed this dad to disciple my son, knowing that hopefully our messaging would be kind of aligned. Yeah. But in Caleb's eyes, it was, it was powerful. It's like I, my dad gave me permission yeah. at a younger Trust age, in me. Yeah. Yep. To go have conversations around what does it mean to follow Christ um, with this dad. And Caleb has told me those were very meaningful conversations that he had with this other dad. Um, and my boys definitely remember those rites of passage that signified to them you are on your journey to manhood. And there are moments that we try to create on each one of these journeys that, that are powerful mm. that they will then reflect on. On the canoe trip, we have this, this Claymore sword, mm. which is always pretty funny because we go on these trips and I'm, I always wonder what other people are thinking. So we're loading up our canoes and somebody pulls out the Braveheart sword and puts it in the bottom of one of the canoes and you can see people around us like, who are these Some guys? Some role-playing <laughs> happening here. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. But on this canoe trip, these the their names are engraved on the sword. Mm. So now I think we have twenty one names of mm-hmm. not only fathers but sons. And there's a moment uh, when we're camping late at night at the fire where we have these boys um, say an oath of responsibility as they move into this mm. this new journey through their teenage years. And and my boys have clear memories of those moments. <coughs> I also think it it just the not necessarily the rites of passage, but the entire thing. It gives you consistency and language around mm-hmm. what that is. Where yes, um, you know, you you can have coaching moments with your kids. It's, you know, we need to accept responsibility or we need to lead courageously. If we have that, you know, language, I think uh, you say it enough times, some of it might stick. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I think that's a big part of it as well. Yeah. And I mean, and our lives are—they're marked with threshold moments. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about. When you get married, you pretty much have a rite of passage. You have a, a wedding ceremony. Well, 
when you graduate high school, yep. right? But and so we do these things in our culture, but we don't necessarily have these ceremonies for journeys through stages of life, like a boy moving into his teenage years, moving into his adult years. Yeah, I, I was reflecting over this, like leading up, and I'm thinking about like what what rites of passage did I experience as a kid? You know, I think the most significant one that most of us culturally experience is high school graduation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a ceremony. There's the regalia worn. There's this process where the public, the government actually like says like, you're now an adult. Like, we're not going to tell you what to do with your time. You don't have to be here. You're not going to get in trouble for not being like, go you did the work, become a productive member of society. Like that's kind of this commissioning. Um, I don't, you know, that's to me like the greatest one. But I was also thinking about like, um, you know, tra- traditional, um, like in traditional church history, Christianity, there are like four rites of passage. So just like you have um, baptism, mm-hmm. confirmation, mm-hmm. like the puberty, you have marriage, and then you have like last rites, like death, right? Yeah. And so um, I was thinking about this a lot. Like we, we do, exp- we will experience rites of passage in life um and and at different times i think in culture we've tried to commemorate those intentionally um but regardless uh, you know i would say like even as dads there's a rite of passage of like your first child you know or whatever and um there's just things you have to experience but i love Mm -hmm. that like the intentionality behind like we're, we're choosing to mark we're choosing to identify to, to grab some common language here and then to to mark the journey of our sons in, yeah. in becoming men. Um, it's really powerful. Yeah. And I would just, I mean, there are other cultures that do the, I mean, you oh, think yeah. the bar mitzvahs or exactly. quinceañeras or things like that. I mean, there are other cultures. I just don't know if that mm. we necessarily, yeah, I'm going to speak for myself. I didn't have any of yeah. those tools, um, you know, growing up doing that and well i grew up in church and had some of these little kind of more of those traditional rites of passages but i I was that's why it was influencing my question to you about like your sons who have looking back when i look back on my childhood i don't look at like my baptism experience as a rite of passage necessarily or with the fondness that maybe some of these boys will when they're thinking about the the day they had their name engraved in the sword and took an oath amongst you know in front of their dad and their mm-hmm. you know I took an oath like in baptism and and there's it's special right but um you know it, it almost feels like a lost opportunity like mm-hmm. a missed opportunity in some ways for us to point back to and to recognize consistently throughout my journey of like, here's the significance of that moment and let's leverage that for where you're going and who you're becoming. Um, I think we just miss out on some of these. So I love like what I'm hearing about this experience you guys are working through is like, not only is there such intentionality and like the language and the journey, but also in like the reflection about these things that, these are going to be markers. We're mm-hmm. going to remind you of this stuff. Um, it's that's that to me is yeah, just really really cool, powerful. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the there's I've had the opportunity of watching my boys go through pretty much a majority of this journey. We have some rites of passage 
passages that they haven't experienced yet when they graduate college, trade school, something like that, like they figure out what their profession is. And then when they get married, when they're self-sustaining, when I'm not paying for anything. Um, But there's this significant moment when they turn, when they graduate high school, all of the dads will take this one son out to a real fancy dinner and a few things happen at this dinner. Um, The dads will give this son um, a piece of advice about entering college. And, and at this time, hopefully this, this boy has spent quite a bit of time with some of these dads. Um, we also give the boys at this dinner an opportunity to ask any questions. No question is off limits. You can ask us anything about college. And we, will, we won't hold back. And then at the end of the dinner, the father of the son invites the son into the brotherhood of men. Like mm. you're no longer a son at the table. You, you are now, table. yeah. You are now one of us. You have a seat at the table. Yeah. We will now treat you like a man. Yeah. And so, and there's this like that was very significant to my two boys. Yeah. And they like, and again, that moment would not have been as powerful if it was just me taking Caleb out to dinner and I could have said all of the exact same things. Right. And sure, it would have been significant. I think we as men should do those things. But what made that event even more significant was that he was surrounded by other men that were acknowledging this moment with us, yeah. that were nodding, that were in agreement, like you are now one of us, yeah. and we spent all this time with you. I also think it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes, especially growing up, it's hard to think of your parents as anything other than your parents, right? Like, it's hard to think of them as yes. a man, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, no, it's my dad, yeah. right? And so... Um, I think when there are other men like that around that, that it can bring that perspective as well, where it's more than just my dad doing this, but it's to what you were saying, yeah. a man. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. And those are markers that I think those boys will never forget. Yeah. And we've provided clarity on what it looks like to be a man, because there's a lot of confusion in our yeah. world today. Yeah. You've provided clarity. I think you've also set an example for them of the types of friendships and relate. Like, I, I can imagine these guys are, you're friends with these guys too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that there are significant relationships that now you carry with these other d- fathers. Yeah. Um, you've modeled to them what does it look like to live with close relationships with intentionality so that down the road when they're married with kids, who are the, what kind of relationships are they trying to cultivate? Yeah. What are they trying to create for their families? Um, that to me is, is pretty, pretty cool too. And I, you know. Significant. What I, what I love about this group, too, is it's diverse. These, it's very di- <laughs> These dads are very different. We even, like, we don't, we aren't necessarily, we don't all go to the same church. Mm-hmm. We have some different beliefs in how we should educate our children. We have a common idea of what it looks like to raise our boys. But what's great is I don't have to worry that I have to have all the answers for my boys or be gifted at everything that, that they might be interested in. I have a group of guys that they can start to like look at, right. ask questions about regarding their gifting. Yeah, that it's like, hey, Adam has some very different strengths than mine, um, and my boys now, as they build trust with Adam, can have conversations with Adam about like Caleb is is at Texas Tech getting a business finance degree. Adam knows a little bit about finance. I know very little about finance. Mm. Caleb now has another man in his corner that he can have conversations with right. on this journey to getting his business finance degree. Yep. 
that I may or may not have been able to answer well. Yeah. And that makes my job as a parent a whole lot easier. And I'm just, I'm excited to have these men support me in this process. I also think to, to what you were saying, I mean, even just on the trips or when we're getting together and playing kickball, I mean, they see how we interact with one another and mm -hmm. how we can be respectful of one another, but also joke around with them and, you know, have fun and all that kind of stuff too. And just seeing that type of, interaction yeah. yeah cool so uh so i'm a girl dad all right so i've got two little girls at home no sons to maybe there's a son coming down the road i don't know but but right now just little girls so i'm, I'm curious to hear um for the other dads listening you know that they may not have well maybe there's two questions here one, there, I can see dads walking away from this thinking, like, how do I go create an experience like this? So I want to talk about that in a moment, too. Like, how do, you know, what encouragement resources would you want to tell to a dad who wants to experiment with something similar that you guys are, are, are dabbling in and figuring out um, or have created? But in the meantime, like, what would you say to the, like, the girl dads who... Um, you know, they, they're not confronted with how do I raise a, a modern day knight or, or a man today, but I could, I could see that, um, the father to a girl, young woman is also going to be asking the same questions. When does it, when does a girl become a woman and how do I help her in this? How do I lead her in this, um, process too? <laughs> yeah. I, I have, uh, two sons, no daughters. Um, I have no, to be, to be completely frank, I have no idea the actual markings or the, you know, when we have our tenants and we have our pillars and things like that. I mean, I, we had a resource that we used for that, but we are also men, so that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, I guess where the, the one thing that I would point to is surrounding yourself with other men that are working towards the same goal um, that have at least some sort of common idea of what that looks like. Um, the details of it, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's beyond me. I yeah. don't, I don't have that. I never thought about that cause yeah. I've never had to, but, um, but I do think that that can be in and of itself, just surrounding yourself with people that are looking to do the same thing can be a, a big thing. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. my, and I think whether you're a boy or a girl, all of our children are searching for meaning and identity. Yeah. Uh, totally. And, and they're going to find it from somewhere. Yeah. And I think well, it's our job as parents to help point them and I, in the right direction. And the reason I'm asking is, you know, there is so much confusion around identity mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. And um, that is probably one of my, like, core fears, I think, for my girls is, like, I, you know, just imagining the confusion around them yeah. and the influences that will be present in their lives. Um, around their idea, around like who people say they are, yeah. Um, that I'm trying to prepare for now, you know. And so um, I think that's probably part of why I have so much energy around and curiosity around what you guys are doing, um, because I, I want to do this well with with my kids. Um, yeah. And I, I think the most important voice in a young girl's life is the voice of her father's. I really believe that. And I think a daughter is asking the question over and over and over again, does my dad see me? Mm. And does he love me? And what does my dad think of me? 
And so I think as a father to two little girls, like how are you at helping your kids understand their meaning and what identity is? And also at the same time, I think you are helping um, clarify to your girls the kind of men that they might want to pursue. Sure. Or not pursue. Yeah. And so I think you have the opportunity to show your, your girls what it, what it looks like to be a man in the way you love your wife. Yeah in the way you sacrifice for her, in the way you protect your family, in the way you honor your wife, yep. empower her, the things that you do, and your daughters are watching that. And their definition of manhood as well mm. will come from you more right. than anyone else. And so that, I think, is a significant opportunity for you. And then as a father, there are moments that my daughter has gone through that I've tried to, to create markers for. Like, I mean... Well, I was and I was going to say, like, one daughter, five boys, does she feel left out? in this like there's this all of this planning and intentionality around for the boys yeah and then i'm over here my my wife has done some significant things for kaylee and and i at the same time try to do some significant things with kaylee that are very different from what i did with the boys and i've like when my daughter has transitioned through certain stages like i've done things like i've bought her flowers and written her a letter, taken her out for dates. Like there are things that I will do to show her what I think it looks like to be a man mm. and to recognize those significant moments in her yeah. journey to womanhood. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be, to Adam's point, a great idea to find a group of men who also have daughters, who you can think through what does this look like together because i'll be honest like when we first started this we we stumbled our way through it you should have seen us on our very first canoe trip we had so much stuff i thought all of our canoes were going to sink but like we like we didn't know what we were necessarily doing we had some resources that we discovered and people recommended to us but we've we did something to start figuring this out and i think we just need to act and take a little bit of intentionality as men to to kind of figure this out and then to stick with it yeah yeah and it doesn't have to be perfect. Our, mm. I don't think our kids, our daughters or our sons, are asking us to be perfect. Mm. They don't need us to be perfect. Yeah, yeah I, and I would also encourage people if they are listening to this and it's like, well, I don't have that. I don't know how to do all that. That's a lot. I mean, just start with intentionality of having conversations with your kids and, and talking through them. I mean, think about all the distractions there are. I think you were talking about you were at four in the morning, you were looking at Facebook. Think mm-hmm. about social media and how much that could distract and tell, that could be the voice of where they're pulling their identity from and how scary is that. Totally. Right? Um, and so give them handles to hold on to where they can come back to when they get distracted or when they have things that are um, maybe speaking the wrong things into their life. Um, so I think just half of it's the intentionality behind it. and. Yeah. and um, it's not going to be perfect so don't have it you know don't say i'm not going to do it because i can't do it perfectly just do something yeah um and and be intentional that's part of like one of the core pillars you guys are defining is like take responsibility yeah Mm -hmm. you know so i think you know for our for the guys listening like what ask ourselves like me I'm, i'm trying to what does it look like for me to take responsibility for my kid, for my girls in this way. Yeah. Yeah. For teaching them who they are, for yeah. leading them, guiding yeah. them, giving them the handles to, to hold on to when they are confronted with 
people think I should be or act or do, say, whatever. Yeah. So it's good. Any other resources or tips you would give to guys that are, yeah, I you think know, being challenged by this or encouraged by it, inspired? Man, I think there are three books that, that I've read or uh, that I've heard about that are really good. Raising a Modern Day Night by Robert Lewis is the book that we kind of started. That inspired all of this. Correct. Yep. Mark Batterson wrote a book called Play the Man. And he talks about rites of passage in that book that he's taken his own sons through. And it's a, it's a newer book. And then the, a brand new book that just came out, I think, in the last year or so is the, called The Intentional Father by John Tyson. Mm. It's also another great book to read. And quite frankly, like, um, if men just have questions, want to meet, like, I would, I would love to meet with men to talk about what does this look like starting something like this for them. Yeah. Um, helping them get it started. So they can, they can email me, shane.norcross at mpawson.com. Um, I'd love to help them with that. Yeah. And I would also encourage, I mean, when you're reading these books, there's probably going to be aspects of the book that you don't necessarily 100% agree with. That doesn't mean you dismiss the entire thing, yeah. Yeah. right? And, and so I think, you know, me personally reading Raising a Modern Day Night, there were a couple of things in there. I was just like, this isn't necessarily 100% what I believe in. But that doesn't mean I have to throw sure. away everything yeah. from that. And, you know, I think there was a l- more, much more that I agreed with and I didn't, but I would just encourage people a lot of times when they, they, they're looking for something that they don't, don't agree with, so then they don't have to read the book or listen to the rest of the book or anything like that. Yeah. And so I would just encourage you, read it, take what it, from it what you, what you can. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, uh, I want to reiterate what you said, Shane, that for, for guys who are listening and they're curious, that have questions to reach out. Um, and you can do that to Shane at mpaustin.com. You can also email us anytime here at the podcast. It's the, what is it? The upshot at well, that's I couldn't remember our email address. It is, it is the upshot <laughs> at, at mpaustin.com. If it's not, it will be shortly. And um, yeah, I, w- I want to say that because like if, if you guys, regardless of like, um, if you're listening, like regardless if it's about the initiation or the rites of passage or becoming a man or just anything that we've talked about in any of these episodes. Like we want to hear from you. Um, yeah. You know, somebody besides somebody trying to sell me something around podcasting would be cool <laughs> to get through it, that email address. Yeah. You know, 100%. so um, man, anything else as we wrap up guys? Just really glad Adam joined us. I am morning. too, man. This has been fun. Yeah. It's been cool. <laughs> Um, again, I had high hopes coming into this conversation. Like this could be the highlight of, you know, the last few weeks and it, it's been good, man. Yeah. So thank you guys both for being here and what? One thing we always do at the end of our podcast. Oh, yeah. What yeah. was your one takeaway from today's podcast? This is, you gotta be thinking about this, Adam. What's <sighs> the one takeaway from today's podcast? And, um, I'll go first while you guys. Sure. I was reminded again, early on in this podcast, why it's really important never to have your children sleep in your bed. <laughs> Dude. Vomit in beds are not a good we combination. We broke a rule, and we're paying for it. No, no, I think every guy's different. There's nothing wrong with having your kids in your bed. I'm saying we broke one of our rules. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not, I don't, you, you make your own rules. This is not a normal it's thing, a and we paid for it. Yeah. It's a natural consequence. Yeah, yeah. That's Just right. Thank you for reminding me that we yeah. don't. There's um, a reason why we don't let our kids sleep in our bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm walking away today of, like, just uh, – um, just a challenge of like, yeah, how do I pursue clarity for my girls and and raising them in their identity? So Mm. I'm just excited about that. I'm excited about the journey that that's going to take me on. And, um, 
I don't know, to be continued. I'll keep you posted Yeah, where, where I land up there. I'm excited to hear how it goes. Sure. Watch you on this journey. Kyle, I think up to this point, you've done a pretty good job. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. I learned I have no idea what it's like to raise a girl. <laughs> <laughs> or you can borrow one for a weekend and like. Oh, so and then you borrow it. the boys and then you'll. I bet we'll both be begging for the other ones back after that. It's like, I it don't know happen, what I, I don't know what I'm doing. Actually, I don't know. Maybe not. I'll just be like, it's so quiet. It's maybe, so quiet maybe, maybe God will bless you with a girl one day. Could be. I don't know. Cool. Yeah. Never know. You never know. <laughs> All right. One thing we're really good at, Kyle, is wrapping up a podcast. Saying bye. Yep. Guys, thanks for joining us. Yep. We're always grateful to have you. Until next time. Um, Until next time. Bye. Dads, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Upshot. Um, Wherever you are, Kyle and I hope you got something out of it. Know that you're not alone in this journey called fatherhood. And we want to encourage you to hit that like button, subscribe button, or whatever button is in front of you with the technology you're using. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on The Upshot. La, 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 la. That's how I practice. No. Nah.